0: A playlist original. Hey everyone, Jeff here from Films at Home. Thanks for coming back to the channel today. If you're watching along on YouTube, I appreciate that. And if you're on your favorite podcast apps, you're in for a great episode as well. Today's guest is Dice K. Bepu, who has his own YouTube channel where he covers criterion collection, movies, physical media, but also just his love. For film and world cinema, he has many great videos on his channel talking about different movies and topics, and you know how it all relates back to his love for movies and his his physical media collection. And he's a channel that I've I followed for a long time, I've admired for a long time. I learn a lot from because of his his vast knowledge of film. And so this was a, a really really fun conversation with him. We get into um, Criterion Collection and sort of. You know, their direction and what they're all about. We talk a little bit about boutique labels and the state of physical media, but then we do a really cool segment uh, where I basically give him some contemporary movies like Jaws or uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, The Big Lebowski, The Godfather, and he gives some, you know, deep cut recommendations of movies that you guys really should check out if you love those movies, if you love their style, if you love the filmmakers, the narratives in those movies. So that was really fun. I learned a lot. I took away a few movies that I had not heard of from that discussion and it was really, really fun. So he's just an amazing wealth of knowledge and I had a ton of fun talking to him and learning about Criterion Collection and I think he's the only person I've ever met who has a complete Criterion Collection Laser Disc Collection. So, just an amazing collector, an amazing film enthusiast, someone who really loves this stuff. And you guys will definitely enjoy this conversation. So, sit back and relax, enjoy the interview, and I'll talk to you at the end. Thanks for coming out for this interview here, whether you're on YouTube or listening along. This should be a really fun episode. I've got Daisuke Beppu here from, uh, well, he's got his own YouTube channel where he covers a lot of Criterion Collection and He's been an expert in this world for a long time so so thank you for coming on and um you know do you want to just give little people a little background about you and what you do what your channel is about and sort of you know how you got into uh collecting and your love for film and physical media
1: oh thank you so much for the invitation it's very kind of you uh, to invite me on to your wonderful channel and uh, so i'm looking forward to the conversation and so yes yeah, so I I have a YouTube channel which is called Daisuke Beppu so and on that channel I upload video discussions uh, chats and the like about certain movies that uh hold my interest at the at that particular time and uh, those films not all of them but uh, some of them do fall within uh, maybe certain discussions of physical media, and in particular, uh, the Criterion Collection. Uh, so I do have a number of uh, video discussions regarding titles in the Criterion Collection, but that's not all that I have. I have other uh, film discussions that I have. I, I, uh, I like to talk about uh, certain films that uh, I was fans of, or I was fond of when I was growing up in the 80s. And so uh John Carpenter comes to mind and I just recently talked about the, the Superman movies uh from the 70s and 80s including Supergirl and going up to Superman for the Quest for Peace which I saw in the theater which was really great by the way but uh, and uh, and so that combined with just uh the the occasional say blu ray title or or a dvd title or 4k title that has caught my attention at a given moment uh those might be up for discussion as well as as i mentioned the Criterion Collection physical media catalog so that's generally the trajectory of the channel uh but i think uh ultimately it's it's uh, an outlet for me to just be able to talk about this thing which i really really enjoy which is cinema and also to be able to meet people who have a uh, a like minded interest and also who can give me recommendations and suggestions and, and, uh, other places to go. So as you know, cinema is this never ending journey. Uh, when you just make one discovery, it just leads you to many others. So, uh, and it's always great to get the guidance from, uh, from uh, a number of people out there in the world. So, uh, YouTube is this uh, two-way street, in my view. It's not just uh, me uploading videos, but it's also people uh, giving me ideas and giving me uh, places to go. So it's a wonderful two-way street in that respect. So that's that's uh, the gist of my YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree too. That's uh, one thing I found is, yeah, I started just sort of, I wanted an outlet to talk about my collection and because i didn't know many people who were into it like this and you know in person and um yeah it, it did It turn into this awesome community where that was definitely more than just me creating content it was conversations and comments and on social media and now getting to do podcasts like this and talking to other collectors and enthusiasts has been like really really fun so and i've learned a lot so i'm I'm hoping to learn a lot from you today too on stuff that i've missed or you know maybe some recommendations on films i haven't gotten into yet which is going to be very exciting for me and i think for the audience as well so i i do appreciate you taking the time um i did want to ask sort of i'm look i'm looking behind you now if you're on video is, are those laser discs that are all behind you there on the shelves
1: oh th- yes these are laser discs so i I have a, uh, a fondness, a very uh, deep admiration for the Laserdisc format. And these happen to be, uh, in the context of Criterion, these happen to be the Criterion Collection Laserdiscs. And uh, from, the, uh, from the 1980s into the 90s. And so the Criterion Collection, as you know, uh, criterion collections, Blu-rays and DVDs, and now 4K titles have spine numbers. And so they, they are released under the spine number system, you know, 1159 or something like that. Uh, and so they've been going on on the spine number system since the dawn of their DVD catalog. Well, before that, back in the early 80s, uh, when, uh, you know, Criterion, uh, a la the Voyager company, we're trying to uh, do something with this unique and innovative format, which was Laserdisc, they were trying to release their catalog under the name of the Criterion Collection. And lo and behold, they came out with a number of titles and uh, these various innovations uh, came to being, such as their Laserdiscs would tend then to have what we now know as supplements, uh, video essays uh, or audio essays which we now come to refer to as commentary tracks and another little innovation that they came up with in the laser disc was the spine number and so we have a catalog of criterion laser discs that are also spine numbered uh, and so uh, that uh, brought about I guess this uh, this uh, uh, maybe uh, a little detail of Physical media that uh, is known to the present day, but yeah, so yes, to answer your question, yes, these are laser discs and specifically Criterion Collection laser discs. So,
0: do you have them all?
1: I think so. Uh, the wow. the uh, the one of the mysteries about the Criterion laser discs is one can never be so sure because uh, really? th- th- there are a number of mysteries as to what was made, what wasn't. But based on all the research I was able to do over the however many years I was really into trying to collect these. Yes, I think I was able to to track them all down. So,
0: wow, that is uh, that's something. I mean, there can't be many people that have all of those. So that's impressive. That is very cool. And I had no idea. So Criterion sort of this was their innovation, basically special features and supplements was sort of their doing. They kind of launched that with the Laserdisc format and their releases
1: well i think they were really uh, on the cutting edge at the time in terms of laser disc releases and trying to push the envelope in those ways so innovations yes were in their uh, were were in their uh, sort of purview so uh, things like trying to uh, trying to uh, present films in uh, Letterboxed format to try in some way to preserve the aspect ratio. Now it's second nature. Now it's, it's, it's a, a common thing uh, right. to get something in the original aspect ratio. Well, back in the day, it wasn't always the case you know, with pen and scan and uh, cropped images and uh, VHS and the like, but only uh, we had the Laserdiscs that began to introduce that and in particular some of the criterion titles even early on tried to do that. And then that became more and more of a, an accepted thing within the general marketplace. So, you see a lot of these innovations; uh, they they tend to be around the time that Criterion was trying to make these early uh, releases. So, uh, you know, commentary tracks is the same thing. So, like uh, one of their early releases of a film called uh, King Kong is very famous for that as well, in terms of uh, uh, commentary tracks. And and again, it, these things are now. Uh, very commonplace and they, they're uh, come to be expected in terms of of high quality physical media releases. So uh, there was a lot that was uh, initiated and a lot that was uh, a lot of innovation back in the day. So it's a very rich history. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I did I did want to ask, so I, I know a little bit about their Laserdisc catalog. You mentioned King Kong. Um, I believe they had a Halloween Laserdisc as well. Yeah. Th- they did. They seem to do a lot of I don't know if I'd call them more mainstream, but that the Laserdisc collection seems to have a little bit more of a mainstream appeal than maybe what they got to in DVD and Blu-ray, where they really started to focus on sort of niche or, or art house or indie stuff, foreign films. I, I mean, do you feel like the direction that Criterion's going, how have you seen that change over the years? Because now I see it sort of coming back. They've got, Wally was the big release. We've got a Pixar movie now. They're doing, they're basically the only ones who put out Netflix movies on physical media from certain directors. So those are very, you know, contemporary mainstream titles that, you know, it's, it, it feels like it's almost sort of shifting back to they're coming around to being a little more mainstream.
1: Oh, that's an interesting take. Yes. So, uh, yes. So, yes, you're absolutely right. For example, Halloween... Was a laserdisc, and uh, by sheer coincidence, I just happened to have it right next to me. So this is the one. Yes, this no. is the Halloween uh, laserdisc from Criterion. That, that they they actually have uh, they've released this twice under two separate spine numbers in the in the uh, uh, and laserdisc catalog, by the way. So a very interesting title. But you're absolutely uh, that's an interesting observation. Yes, in, in particular, I think the the example of uh, maybe the past month or so is the recent release of the Pixar film WALL-E, mm-hmm. uh, which is a packed release. Yeah. Uh, and so it's also an indication of the possibility, probably possibly maybe perhaps future c- types of uh, collaborations and releases from Criterion to come. Who knows? We we shall uh, have to wait and see if that comes to fruition or, or fizzles out. We don't know, but right. you're right. It could be an indication of a, what might be called a, a different direction or, or direction towards uh, films that uh, maybe have a, 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 a sort of uh, appeal, uh, a potential wide base of, uh, of uh, fans and admirers of those films. Uh, I think the word, uh, the word uh, that sometimes is associated with uh, maybe uh, Blu-ray labels like Criterion might be niche whether yeah. that is a compliment or not uh, you know that's for people to decide i suppose but uh, i can understand that uh, that that uh that viewpoint and that perspective on a label like criterion uh this niche label and so whether that is a compliment or not uh, i think criterion uh does reflect a very in my view a very important uh aspect of cinema uh Criterion is not the be-all, end-all of cinema. That's for sure. I mean, for every one Criterion release that's made, there are, of course, countless, countless uh, examples of films out there in the world. Fil- cinema is this vast ocean. And uh, what I understand my experiences of cinema to be my own direct experiences with cinema, I know is very limited because uh, I've only seen, you know, 0.00001% of whatever uh, cinemas out there in the world, so my exposure is very limited. I know, and even my experience with the Criterion Collection, I know, doesn't give me as grand exposure to cinema as say is out there in the world. I totally get that, but Criterion does, I think, uh, I think, has a type of mission, and that mission is to, uh, in its maybe in its uh, viewpoint or perspective, try to preserve a sense of of uh, classic and contemporary cinema classics. Now, whatever that means and whatever the, the actual mechanism is for being able to do that, uh, again, I'm not, I don't work in the Criterion offices, so I'm not sure. So, And I know also a lot of this stuff is subject to uh, its creatures of contract. And as you know, it's all about rights and about licensing and about if you're right. able to get the license rights to or to be able to distribute these things or not. Will the light rights go to Criterion, or will they go to uh, uh, another similarly situated label like Arrow, like Eureka, like I don't know, Shout Factory, or Shout Select, or Tino, or, or something like that? So I understand that process as well. Uh, uh, so there's a lot of, of moving parts. Let me put it that way. But at the end of the day, there is also this uh, brand appeal. There is this, I think, mystique and and the regard films in the criterion collection or the label criterion collection that I think is is uh, quite uh, uh, at the end of the day too uh, from a consumer standpoint uh, very appealing indeed and from that it is very exciting to see uh, the potential uh, 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 possibilities uh, going forward as to the direction or directions of criterion will they go more uh, maybe the route of Say, uh, having collaborations or partnerships with uh, places like Disney, Pixar, uh, is Wally the first step of many in this journey? Some people hope that's the case. And that would be a very exciting thing if that were to happen, in my view. And will they also continue their partnerships with uh, places like, as you mentioned, Netflix? I mean, Netflix is a big player now. And so, uh, and it's a big deal to see Netflix films in physical media form. And so that's a really big deal. And these physical media releases are. Are uh, uh, you know they're they're top notch like the Irishman or or uh, maybe most recently like the uh, what is it the, uh, the Power of the Dog or something so uh, these yeah. these have uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, maybe potential as you say mainstream appeal broad appeal which is a good thing now another thing too to keep in mind and I'm sorry to ramble on like this I'll, I'll, this is the last thing I'll say on this topic and I'll Go move on it. but it's it's also important to keep in mind that I think labels like Criterion do can do many things at once they can juggle different balls and at the same time so even if they try the quote-unquote let's say mainstream route, and there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely it's great that that's being pursued uh there's also the possibility that other routes will be pursued at the same time and so maybe films that might not necessarily say get the broad mainstream attention as, say, a release like Wally, e will still get the Criterion treatment. I, uh, uh, and uh, they are, I think, they are brilliant releases for that. Uh, for example, most recently, there was the uh, Martin Scorsese World Cinema Project mm. set, uh, number four, and it has a, a number of films that were restored in glorious, uh, glorious fashion. Uh, for the world to see. Many of these films, had they not been restored, would have been lost to time forever. And so we're getting these beautiful historical artifacts and living examples of beautiful works of art that are also being presented in this fashion. And so uh, Criterion, I think, and many other labels similarly situated to Criterion can do many things at once. Now, I know there's limitations in budgets and finance. I get it. But even within those limitations, I think Criterion uh and uh, other labels can do many things at once and uh i'm all for it so at the end of the day it doesn't have to be just one route or the other i think it can be right. many routes at the same time and <clears throat> the more the merrier i think the more the merrier
0: yeah i'd agree with you too i i'd seen some there was some complaining online that you know oh wally wally doesn't wally doesn't deserve to be in the criterion collection they're going mainstream they're going disney and yeah i don't I don't really get that either because you can definitely do multiple things. And in my eyes, if I assume Wally will probably be one of their better selling discs of the year, this is a very mainstream title. It has a wide appeal, but if by doing that and, and they gave us a great release, like the the packaging, the special feature supplements, awesome. I, I reviewed it on the channel. It's, it's great. If by doing that, there you go. I mean, yeah, it's excellent. If by doing that, that means they can do more of Scorsese's World Cinema Project, restoring other films that you know. Okay, maybe they're not going to sell at the same level, but yeah. we can we can make the business case because we've got Wally, we've got you know Roma or Power of the Dog or The Irishman that are going to you know sell and sell and sell. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it because I think it it you know it, it's important work that they're doing, and I know it's not always probably financially the best decision to make so they have to you know supplement that with with a mainstream release that's going to sell quite a bit and hopefully that allows them to do more so I'm I'm all for it too and I love the fact that they will kind of cross over into different genres and, and they're not afraid to really release anything a lot of movies probably other labels might not touch you know they will they will get out there but uh you know there is a lot of great boutique stuff i see behind you you've got the Shaw scope sets from arrow video there um which were excellent and arrow's been doing a great job and kino has been doing a great job so there is there is plenty out there it's, i think it's a really exciting time right now to be in a, a physical media collector because it, it it feels like a lot of other people and other labels have risen to the challenge that Criterion put out as maybe that elite number one physical media label. So sure. it, it's, it's just been really exciting. And, um, you know, I don't know, have you, have you had any other releases? I, I see, I saw the Shaw scope, but anything else that's really, you know, um, caught your eye lately from other labels, stuff you've picked up that's been really exciting.
1: Um, as far as recent releases go, I, I yes. So uh, I do, uh, uh, point to this, uh, as you point, the Shawscope sets, Volume Two. I've just gotten into it, and you're absolutely right. This is this is the stuff of like a golden age of uh, physical media. I mean, this is this is like a treasure trove of cinema goodness, and uh, there is also the great added benefit of these box sets and the like. And so, uh, Arrow is doing this a really brilliant brilliant job um, i am i am lamenting at the moment i am lamenting the fact that i missed out on the severin uh, 4k release of four flies on grey velvet you know the black friday uh, sales so I, I i i think i missed out on that one so i'm uh, my heart is is a little bit broken uh, in that regard. So I'm hoping maybe that they might be able to, to re release that sometime very soon. But, uh, I'm a big fan of Dario Argento work. So, uh, I wasn't able to get that. Um, let's see. I suppose as far as other new releases, I, I don't think they're, they're not new releases, uh, for 2022. Uh, I apologize. I'm not, uh, so, uh, I'm not so up with, uh, what's recently released here and there. I do watch, I do read the the news, the the Blu-ray news, but uh, uh, it's hard for me to keep up. But in in terms of recent releases and other labels, uh, I was a big fan, and I still am as a kid growing up and now, of the uh, show Kosugi, uh, Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, and Ninja 3 The Domination. So at long last, I was able to get uh, Enter the Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja from the Kino Lorber Blu-ray and then um, uh, Ninja Three: The Domination from it was the, was it the Shout. So, so uh, uh, I was able to revisit those uh, aspects of childhood memory, uh, going down memory lane, as it were. So those are examples of uh, uh, places like Kino and and uh, and Shout and Scream uh, Factory doing some uh, really really great work. And that reminds me, I I think what is it? Uh, I have to get the uh, recent four K release of Carry. I haven't been able to to get that one yet. And also, of course, uh, other 4K releases of like *Reservoir Dogs* and *Pulp Fiction* uh, that are now uh, making the rounds in terms of of people uh, getting their uh, their orders in and uh, watching them and and, and uh, telling uh, just uh, celebrating uh, these films as well. So, not only the uh, the various labels, but also the advancements in technology and uh, and formats. Of course, now 4K options are now really uh, really kind of. Uh, coming around in a in this really spectacular way
0: yeah i think the last the last couple of years especially for 4k it had sort of a slow climb because it has been around since 2016 and I, I don't think maybe many people realize how long this format's actually been available because it's really just started to pick up steam and i mean criterion only started doing it what this year yep. 2022 so you know they were sort of a late adopter but even the other labels you know aquino started a few years back nobody was really on it in 2016 2017 so it's, yeah the last couple of years have been awesome for for 4k and for physical media in general that you know i i always like to tell people 4k is not the end-all be-all there are literally tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of great releases on blu-ray that will probably never get a 4k release so don't you know don't yeah. sleep on blu-ray um even yeah. dvd for that matter um but how have you upgraded? You it sounds like you've upgraded to 4K. Have you started to upgrade a, a lot of your movies, or um, you know, how's that experience been upgrading from, yeah, DVD and Blu-ray to 4K?
1: Uh, it, that's a great question, and I think, I am, uh, I'm a little bit more selective with my 4K purchases. Not in any way because I'm against the format. On the contrary, I think it's it's really glorious and wonderful it's just the funds it's it's it's, there's only so much i can afford and so uh and as at the moment my feeling is that the 4k format is is tends to be reserved for titles that have already gotten a kind of robust release say on dvd or blu-ray but now here's the 4k version or here's the blu-ray combo version or something of that sort which is fine so but that means that I won't necessarily cast my net so wide in the 4K arena, but I'll probably focus on films that I know I'll want to watch in, in 4K, or I know that for whatever reason I really love, and so I'll want to try to uh, get that uh, experience uh, in, in the format. So case in point, like Dawn of the Dead. Uh, so uh, that, that was uh, you know uh, some time back, of course, it was, but it was a big deal. And it was a yeah. big deal for a good reason, because it was uh, it was a film that uh, means so much to so many people. Uh, yours truly as well. I'm, I'm included in that bunch. So uh, I am. Uh, so that's an example of something I, I own. I don't know how many copies of Dawn of the Dead, but uh, it was a no brainer for me. You know, this is something that I needed to try to experience in this new format. And I experienced it. And I, I love it, though. I should say, too, that even with the, the great experience of Dawn of the Dead in that new format, I still go back to uh, some of the other uh, earlier formats. So, as you mentioned, it's not the be-all, end-all. It's another option, and it's another option to enjoy cinema. Uh, and so, uh, it doesn't have to be the option for everyone, uh, but uh, it is uh, one that, if it is for you, then go for it. Uh, it's it's definitely there. I should point out to that another one that was really great. Uh, again, this was some time back, but like uh, like the Godfather films. Yeah, uh, I really uh, I really enjoyed uh th- those releases very much and still do and i would say that uh, the godfather films in uh, 4k format are becoming more my go-to place whenever i revisit the godfather films godfather 3 is a little bit of a different different story uh in terms of the god uh, godfather 3 versus uh what the the different version of it called godfather coda so that's a, a kind of different story it's itself and i think godfather Coda. i think they're trying to recalibrate the series so that the godfather coda version is now the standard version of godfather i'm, I'm actually I, I don't know how i feel about that i actually prefer i think the godfather 3 uh the, the theatrical version or the home video release of that but uh, uh but for the first two films at least Uh, there is a way in which uh, the 4k uh, format is really celebrating and and the legacy. And uh, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful time. It's a really wonderful time indeed. So again, I'm very, I'm kind of selective just because I'm limited in funds, but uh, where I go, I know I'm going to have a great time and, and I've enjoyed it very much.
0: Yeah, no, I think you make a good point too, about like the, a lot of the stuff that's coming out on 4k already had a 4k master available on a blu-ray disc somewhere like it had already been restored and so you know for the average person um even somebody with higher end equipment is it yeah are, are you really going to see a big difference is it really yeah. worth it you know that's a lot of stuff i talk about but i i do the ones that i really appreciate are like the godfather where that was a complete yeah restoration and there's a, i i did a podcast interview with the guy who did that restoration and worked on it with um Francis Ford Coppola and his in his team so it, that was super interesting to hear like those are the ones that I personally I jump for is like you know Dawn of the Dead which had a blu-ray release that was out of print and hadn't been available and now we get this beautiful 4k and it's like well that's that's a no-brainer something that was restored something that wasn't available previously those are the ones I sort of lean towards too if I'm going to buy is you know give me that give me that brand new experience that I haven't had before.
1: Totally uh, agree. Totally. Agree. Can I ask yeah. you a question on that? How do you yeah. feel? Do you, you know about, for instance, the criterion release of night of the living dead? I do. Yeah. And so there was the Blu-ray release and then there was the, the 4k, I guess I don't know what the phrase is retrofitted. I'm not sure uh, for that. So it, I I, don't, I didn't see a big difference between the earlier Blu-ray release and the 4k release. But that's an example of if you really love that film, I say go for that new release. But if if uh, if you have the Blu-ray and you're OK with the Blu-ray, I think it's you're you're OK with having just a Blu-ray. You know, I don't think yeah. you're missing out. How, how do you feel about an example like that?
0: There's there's a lot of movies like that where I, so I personally I have the Night of the Living Dead Criterion be, Blu-ray because when that came out, that was a huge deal. Nobody had ever done something proper like that before. So I grabbed that because I loved the movie. I actually had the, um, I had the Japanese release of it, which I think was one of the better transfers that had been done. And I forget which company did it. But that's the release I had because I had heard it was the best one. So I upgraded from that to Criterion. It was amazing. And then, you know, all, all the extras you get. But you're right. I didn't buy the 4K and I, I really don't plan to. I love that movie, but I just can't you know, $30 to, for a movie like that, it's not, it was done so well on Blu-ray and I haven't seen it in person, but, you know, I looked at some comparisons and read some reviews and it's sort of like, yeah, you know, it's kind of the same picture essentially, you know, is there really much more you could take out of that source? So there's a lot of movies like that. Night of the Living Dead is just one example. But there's a lot of stuff. And and I love that they're doing it. Scream Factory, Shout Factory, putting out like the Slumber Party Massacre on 4K. I have the Blu-ray. I don't necessarily think that's a movie that I need to have on 4K or need to see in 4K. Now, when they do the Halloween movies, because John Carpenter is my favorite and I love Halloween just as a franchise, I buy them all. But you know i'm not upgrading all of my slasher movies and horror movies and things like that because i just don't i don't feel the need unless they're bringing something new if it's got a 4k master on blu-ray um that's that's pretty good for me it's, i'm i'm very selective like i did get texas chainsaw massacre 2 from uh vinegar syndrome because the previous shout factory release was a 2k scan restoration from an interpositive and vinegar syndrome went back to the original negative and completely redid it added supplements packaging there were other reasons but like if you do that i'll take the leap but yeah night of the living dead's a great example of one that i just can't i can't justify taking the 30 bucks out of my budget to to go and get that the blu-ray is already so well done yeah
1: that's a really a point well taken and yeah. I, I, I totally, totally respect that approach. And as you say, these things cost money yeah. and they aren't the cheapest things in the world. You're absolutely right. So, um, so uh, yeah, I, I totally respect that very much. But at the same time, when you're talking about a film or a filmmaker that you know that you love and adore, then it becomes it's a kind of no brainer. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And you mentioned John Carpenter. I'm with you. I'm with you in terms of John Carpenter. Can can I ask, by the way, before we move on, uh, what, what's your favorite uh, or what are some of your favorite John Carpenter films?
0: Well, I mean, Halloween's the obvious one that got me into him. Um, I love the thing. Those are sort of like, I would say generic answers. Everyone says those. Um, I really like in the mouth of madness because, Mm um, I'm, I'm up in new England, um, in New Hampshire. And that, that movie sort of, it it has that, I'm a sucker for like a new England horror movie, folklore, that sort of thing. So in the mouth of madness, that one's, uh, pretty near and dear to me, but, um, I also love big trouble in little China and I just think that's just brilliant. I it's just so much fun.
1: Oh, well done. Big trouble in little China is one of my favorite films ever.
0: Oh, it's so good.
1: Oh, yes, I love that. So you're oh, well done, well done, well done. And so yes, New England. I used to live in Connecticut uh, okay. some years ago. So uh, uh, yes, yeah, so films also like how How do you feel about the fog? Uh,
0: I like the fog too. The fog's really fun. Yeah, that definitely has that same feel to it.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I like that. But Halloween is a great one too. Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but you mentioned John Carpenter no. so my, my heart leapt. So, I, I do know.
0: I, I love I've I've had I got all of his movies. I have everything in the collection. I've got some stuff signed by him. I, my my poster of The Thing. Um it's actually the Scream Factory poster that came with that original release before they did a 4K. He signed that and he signed my Halloween 35th anniversary blu-ray and stuff so that those are treasured pieces in the collection
1: wow wow my mind is exploding that is so awesome that is so awesome my friend wow
0: yeah those are those are some of the big the big treasure pieces and my michael myers funko pop he he signed that too for me so (sighs) yeah he's he's just i have all the vinyl records of this you know the soundtracks and regardless of what I thought of the new Halloween movies and that trilogy, like as soon as his vinyl soundtrack dropped from, I think it was sacred bones records. Does it? I, I scooped all of those up. The music is just incredible. I mean, anything you, you could name a junk car. It's hard to pick a favorite because I'd say they live, I'd say escape from New York. You know, there's just, there's so many and I even appreciate, you know, some of his, uh later stuff that maybe people you know when he got into the 90s i still appreciate that because i just love the director
1: oh well done well done so like uh i suppose i don't like uh, what like escape from la or you mentioned in the mouth of madness or uh yeah. like village of the damned and village of the
0: damned know. yeah yep. um vampires yeah. oh, I I mean,
1: love vampires that's such yeah. a cool film yeah
0: everyone everyone tends to think of it's it's that sort of run where you had halloween and they live and the thing and you know escape from new york and but there's a lot of good stuff beyond that that maybe yeah maybe critics didn't love it maybe it wasn't the most financially successful but if you like his stuff you'll yeah. still enjoy those movies so yeah I, i've gone through his whole catalog many times <laughs>
1: Oh, well done. Well done. Ah, that, that warms my heart, uh, <laughs> to no end. Oh, well done.
0: Yeah. He's, uh, he's just the best. So this is actually a good, this is a good segue. Cause I wanted to ask you, we, I had run this by you on, on email before this, before we talked, but I did giving recommendations to people outside of the norm. Um, but based on something they like, like, you know, you like John Carpenter and Halloween. Well, try in the mouth of madness, you know, something like that. I had pulled up a few movies and I know your, and I'll say this, your, your cinema knowledge and film knowledge, it's, it's beyond mine. I have years to catch up. You've, you've watched, I, I watch your channel. You've watched many, many different things that I haven't touched yet. So I I learn a lot. Um, But I wanted to ask if there were, I, I pulled out some contemporary movies that everybody knows based on the style the narrative the director you know the the stylistic choices of those movies maybe actors if we could pull some like deep cuts out and it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be you know criterion or on physical media but just some deep cuts for somebody to you know really dive in because they liked movie xyz so i to I, I tried to pick a few from different categories we had already talked about this one so i guess i'll go with this one first but the godfather Everybody knows The Godfather. Everybody loves The Godfather. Great movie. If you enjoy that, where are some sort of deep cuts that you could take your your love for that movie and sort of watch something different that you may not think of?
1: Oh, I think perhaps one can go to a film like, say, Once Upon a Time in America. This Mm -hmm. is a film from the early 80s from a filmmaker named Sergio Leone. And uh, who's uh, one of his films, I think, uh, very famous, uh, very highly regarded called The Good, the Bad and the Ugly uh, Mm -hmm. from uh, some years back. But then uh, in the 80s, he uh, embarked upon this real crime saga epic uh, with uh, Robert De Niro and James Woods. So Once Upon a Time in America, it's a long film. It's, It's very challenging in places. Uh, and it goes in, in some really almost experimental uh, venues that uh, tend to twist the, the ways in which this genre can operate in really brilliant ways, while also being a, a almost true-to-form uh, crime saga that spans uh, decades. It's, it's such a remarkable work of art. So if you, if you are really into The Godfather, I can definitely recommend a film like Once Upon a Time in America.
0: I like that one. I have not had, I haven't watched that yet because of the commitment, the time commitment. That's purely the only thing that's keeping me from it is I just have to find the three plus hours to to sit down and do it, um, which is tough when you have a, a one-year-old running around. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that is, I think that's a great recommendation. And that, that's sort of, that's a good segue. Cause I did want to ask the about the good, the bad and the ugly, which is a movie I think a lot of people know. And, you know, is maybe the most famous, you know, Western, spaghetti Western, you know, that is probably the one that everybody knows. So if you're enjoying that or even, you know, the Man With No Name trilogy, um, there's a lot of other movies from that time period in that same genre that I don't think people necessarily know or appreciate. So I'd love some recommendations there, too.
1: Oh, well, I think I love the good, the bad and the ugly. So much. Uh, it was one of my favorites. It was one of my uh, dad's favorite films ever. He would whistle the theme song when I was a kid and I would whistle it back. It was one of those things, you know, like shorthand. Uh, you know, maybe we wouldn't be able to talk all the time, but we would be able to whistle the good, the bad, and the ugly theme to each other and everything would be fine. It's one of those things. So I think if we're talking about, uh, 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 I mean, there are many examples of what is known as the spaghetti Western. Uh, Westerns from this uh, a, a period, a, a time and place, uh, Italian uh, productions and the and the sort. But I think the the film that always does it for me. It's from the same filmmaker again. It's Sergio Leone, but uh, it's called Once Upon a Time in the West, and it is uh, uh, if uh, it it's a kind of famous Western, but it's also Western that I know people are discovering for the first time. And all I can say is, if you have not seen Once Upon a Time in the West, be sure to not read anything about it before you see it. Now, here's the thing. If you like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, I know, I know you will love Once Upon a Time in the West. I can almost guarantee it. But if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in the West and you're interested, just be sure you don't read anything about it because not knowing anything makes it even better. Believe me, I can remember back in the day when I saw it as a kid on TV, I didn't know anything about it. I knew The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly because, as I said, my dad loved that film so much, but we didn't, but not Once Upon a Time in the West. I just saw it. It was on, I was living in the States at the time, and I was a kid growing up in the States at the time, and they, it was broadcast, whatever it was, on American movie classics. I forget the channel exactly, but it was one of those cable networks that showed movies. And one of the films was once upon a time in the West and it was I didn't know anything about it and I was stunned. And there are some moments that like not knowing just it just it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So that's that's the recommendation yeah
0: i have actually i don't know if i've heard of that i definitely know once upon a time in america but i didn't know there was a once upon a time in the west too so i'm gonna take your advice and i'm not gonna google it right after we get off this episode and i'm just gonna go watch it (laughs) if you like the good the bad
1: and the ugly you will love once upon a time in the west i i can guarantee it yeah it's amazing yeah
0: well there we go i've got a recommendation i'll have to go find that one pick up uh does it have a disc
1: Yes, uh, uh, Blu-ray. I don't think it has any 4K release yeah. yet. I'm not sure, but it does have a really good Blu-ray release. It's been around for some time. I don't think it's uh, in any risk of going out of print anytime soon. But uh, oh. just just in case, check check out the uh, the usual places online to be absolutely sure. But I think you can get it uh, standard edition, and it's it's great. It's great. All right,
0: I've I've got one to my list. This is why I wanted to do this. This is for this is for me as much as it is for everybody listening, because I I'm always looking for. There, there's nothing better than finding something new that you love, that you, you're watching for the first, that, that first watch experience and you're like, oh my God, I've discovered a new filmmaker, a new genre, a new, you know, whatever that I think I'm enthralled with. So this is, this is great. Um, here's one for you. And I, I wanted to, I want to put this on the list because I wanted to, I want to spread the genres. But I put I put the big Lebowski try to get a comedy sense, but, you know, a smart, a smart comedy with really good performance. You know, it's not it's not Happy Gilmore. And I love Adam Sandler and I love Happy Gilmore. And there's plenty of comedies like that. But this is a really smart and well done movie, um, which is as funny as any movie that I've seen. You know, there are other comedies that come to mind like that with, you know, could be foreign art house anything.
1: Oh yes, uh, the Big Lebowski. So uh, I I saw that in the theater when it was released as well. So that was uh, well, that was a kind of big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The theater was kind of not so packed as, as I recall. Yeah. But uh, it, it was a uh, it was a big deal. It was a kind of big deal for those those whatever however long it was in the theaters for. I forget exactly when. But uh, uh, so I suppose one can go in many directions. But maybe I would probably go if I had to choose one film. If you like the Big Lebowski, take a look at this film. So a lot of things about the Big Lebowski are so ever present in that film and the Coen brothers. As you know, it's, it's a delightful romp as well as a really clever, witty dialogue film. It's also a mystery film. It's also in many ways a type of noir film. And so yeah. in that vein, I could go with something like, say, the Big Sleep. Uh, right. Uh, so, uh, Howard Hawks and the big sleep. If you're looking for a film that has the, the depth and confusion and enigma of mystery that you have in a film like the big Lebowski go for a film like the big sleep. I could also mention the film, like let's say the Maltese falcon. Uh, as well but those films are also ones that you can tell you know, the dna is uh, very much part of the big lebowski film dynamic very much so uh and so and and it, it's an another kind of film homage or tradition that's being i think worked on uh to great uh success and delight uh, in the hands of the coen brothers so uh, but i think that's a place i, I could go
0: nice that that is I would not have expected those answers, but I totally see that. I see where that you know definitely would have inspired them, and they, they pulled from those movies. and I think those are great. See, this is exactly what I wanted. Let's go outside the box, do some recommendations like that, because that is that's really cool. You know, I I wouldn't have connected those two, but it makes total sense the way you presented it. So, um, I love that. How about this one? You're, I'm a carpenter guy. You're a carpenter guy, so Halloween or you know. By that means, you know, any of John Carpenter's, you know, that style. Who's another filmmaker or uh, another movie that you you may want to explore if you really love the the Carpenter anthology and, and, you know, Halloween and some of his maybe earlier, more contemporary classic stuff?
1: I was going to say a film like Black Christmas, but Mm -hmm. I think maybe, you know, Black Christmas is uh, uh, in many regards uh, maybe I think it in it, it's it's very very famous so maybe people yeah. will already know black christmas so uh, i was also thinking and, and now we're talking it's you know tis the season so i was thinking of a film like say i don't know like silent night deadly night uh mm-hmm. which is a film that i i saw on on video vhs i think i was. I, don't know, I was way too young to see that. I think I I was able to rent that. I, I don't know how old I was—like six or seven. I was that I was that young. I was pretty pretty uh pretty intense viewing, that's for sure. But uh, I I haven't forgotten that. I have not forgotten that at all. But no, it's uh, with you. yeah, it does it it does. And so I look back on those some of those scenes and like uh, you know, antlers. Or, but anyway, I'm sorry. But uh, so I could have mentioned that. But I probably go with there's a uh, the film which is called um alice sweet alice mm-hmm. uh this is a really a uh, neat creepy kind of shocker kind of slasher film but slasher slash giallo slash i uh, know tri-state area uh, uh american independent uh horror slasher mystery film and yeah. so in that vein, I think it, it fits very nicely as a type of double bill to Halloween. So I would say Alice, Sweet Alice.
0: That's, yeah, that that movie is, I think, severely underrated. Oh, um, yeah,
1: it's so good. It is it so great, good.
0: If you're collecting, it has a, a really great Arrow video release yeah. on Blu-ray. Yeah. So I, I have that one in my collection. That is a great movie that doesn't get talked about enough in that same vein as as halloween or any of those you know even black christmas or any of those that that time period those slasher mystery horror movies it it just doesn't it doesn't get the attention but it's great it is so good so that's that's a great recommendation
1: Um, thank you well done
0: highly highly recommended if the arrow video set the the box um, is just incredible
1: you 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 are you are you have this great taste you you say you don't you know so much about you know more than i do Oh, I, I'm having so much fun with this, my friend. This is great. You're teaching uh, me as well. Well done. Ah, oh, I'm loving this horror
0: movies specifically. That that is my strongest area. That is that is my passion. That's probably what started me into collecting. So if we get into horror, that's where yeah, I I can I can do the deep cuts in horror. It's it's some of the other stuff, the westerns. I haven't I haven't gotten into as much, and I want to see more of those. And so that's one area I appreciate the, you know, the recommendations and. Yeah, there's still there's a lot to explore. I mean, that's the beauty of all of this is
1: definitely you
0: know, there's literally millions of hours of <laughs> cinema out there. Like, no, like you said, yeah. I mean, you, you can watch as many movies as you know, you'd be in the one percent of movie watchers and you'll have seen less than one percent of the movies that have ever been made. Yeah. It's yeah, there's just so much it's so beautiful about it. Um, definitely. But the last one I want to ask you, and this sure. is this is near and dear to me because this is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, Jaws. I love Jaws. I love everything about it. Sort of like Silent Night, Deadly Night, I saw it way too young. Um, I think I was five or six years old, and I've told this story before, but I was where Jaws was shot was Martha's Vineyard, which is off of Massachusetts in Cape Cod. Um, My grandparents had a house on Cape Cod growing up. We went there for the summers, and they had Jaws on VHS. So My story is that I literally watched Jaws at five or six years old on VHS, and then I went to the beach where Jaws was essentially shot. You know, across the water, we weren't on the island, but I was in the waters where Jaws was shot. And I guess I was just too young and naive to even be scared by it. Um, The crazy thing is now you go to the Cape, and there are sharks everywhere. There weren't at that time. That was still a, a that was mythology. They were not great whites. Now they're everywhere in that same area. Um, so I love the movie. I've been to Martha's Vineyard. I've done the Jaws tour. I did a video on my channel of like filming locations and, and went to all the spots. So very popular movie. I love it. What's something outside the box that I should, I should go explore or, or others should explore that's in that same, that same vein?
1: Oh, before we go, I, I love the bit. I, I talked about Jaws in a live stream on my channel. And uh, I, I love the film too. My expertise doesn't extend uh, to, to the great levels of your expertise. You are the supreme expert, my dear friend. But, uh, right, I just love it. Like, uh, you know, whenever I, I have a choice to choose what flavor ice cream, you know, what flavor ice cream, coffee, coffee, or something like that. Or uh, uh, the, uh, you yell barracuda. Huh? What? So I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, Jaws. So, uh, what are some films that you can uh, watch if you like Jaws? And I know you'll probably know these films as well, my dear friend. But uh, um, I was thinking maybe there is a great release recently of a film which is called Alligator. Yep. Uh, and so uh, from I think it was 1980 and uh, it got a great uh, re-release. Uh, and so uh, that's one where, um, how should I put it? I will never swim in a pool at night because of that <laughs> film let me put it that 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 i saw that you know what it was shown on tv whenever it was uh, back in the day and it scared the living daylights out of me i can't tell you it's just that is of one scary movie. that's one another kind of obscure one which is a little bit i i was thinking also maybe one could go with piranha Uh, which is also a fun time as well in in a same or similar genre or similar environment. Also one that's kind of has a quirk or twist on the environment. There's a film, which is called um, blood beach. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, a, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, what if the, the, what if the monster is, is uh, not in the water, but it's in the title. Okay. So blood beach. So, so that's interesting. And that leads to the other uh, title that I would b- mention too, which is Tremors. I know you know this film, right? I love this film. I love this film so much. And it got like that was a film that it wasn't released big in the theaters, if, if I remember correctly. You know, I was a kid at the time. It kind of came up in the VHS market, it kind of crept up on you. Yeah. uh but uh, when you discovered it and you rented it, oh let's watch tremors wow this is such a fun movie this is so scary and thrilling and what a clever idea and the like and that is one that if you like jaws you're gonna love tremors that's for sure i don't know I, I, how do you feel about that one yeah or those no, choices
0: tremors is a lot of fun and to it has a great 4k release from arrow video as yep. well um yeah, I love Piranha a good choice. I don't know Blood Beach, so I'm going to have to check that one out. I have not heard of that, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Jaws knockoffs, too, that if you wanted, they're not necessarily I wouldn't call them great movies like Jaws is. But if you if you want to have fun with Jaws you can get into like cruel jaws and yeah. some of the Italian knockoffs that I think severance put out some great Blu-ray releases of. And um, there's other movies like grizzly, which is basically yeah. jaws with a grizzly bear. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially it's, it's sort of a direct ripoff of jaws, but um, there's a lot of fun. There's, there's one that Heath serial at midnight. If you watch his channel.
1: Yeah, he's, he's great. Did, yeah. Uh,
0: Tentacles is another one that, yeah. um, he had recommended me. So yeah, there's a lot of like that Jaws was just so successful that it spawned so many like almost spinoffs and some like parody, some really trying to be Jaws and just maybe turn into a parody without (laughs) intending to. Um, But there's a lot of great movies out there, but yeah, I think Tremors is a really good one. I mean, that's one that definitely had that like cult following from physical media that one of those, like the big Lebowski too. like these movies that picked up steam when they hit, video rental stores and all of a sudden people discovered them. So that's a great, those are very solid suggestions. And now I've got to get, I've got to get blood beach. Do you know if that one has a disc because I'm going to go searching for it?
1: I think it has a DVD. I'm not sure about a Blu-ray, but I think it has a DVD. So
0: that's even more fun. I I love a movie that hasn't even come to Blu-ray yet. That's even more obscure. I'm ready to dive in. So that's fun. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. That was, I definitely, I just got like three or four movies added to my watch list. Um, so that was hopefully interesting for everybody listening to, I know those were, those are great recommendations and definitely Alice, sweet Alice. And once upon a time in America, once upon a time in the West, uh, lots of, lots of good stuff to check out and you know, the, the Maltese Falcon and the big sleep. So make a list people get out there and start watching movies. There's a lot of good stuff that you're missing. Um, but before we, uh, before we take out, we've been going about an hour, but I want to ask you one more question. we before we end things here and i did want to ask you're in you're in japan now right you're in tokyo is that right that's correct so how how is access you seem to have all the latest criteria and you have all the arrow video releases i even see the evil dead box set over there the 4k set Oh yeah. how how is it getting access to those where they're primarily a lot of these are like north american releases or uk releases a lot of the stuff is sort of over here how is access in in japan to getting these titles how easy is it to get them like what are some of the tips maybe if somebody's in that area and wants to start collecting
1: oh that's a great question well i think for there are some titles that one can get a japanese release for yep um and so the uh, so you you can get say the japanese 4k release of say some of the stanley Kubrick titles or uh, I have my eye on the recent 4K releases. I haven't gotten them yet, but the recent 4K releases, of the Star Trek films, the mm-hmm. Japanese releases that have, I think, the 4K disc and the Blu-ray disc include, I think, for the motion picture. But, uh, so the, those, there are those options there. Uh, but as far as like criterion titles, those aren't officially being sold in the Japanese marketplace. So right. uh, your option is uh, nine times out of 10, ordering them online, say through sites that uh, ship to Japan. And just trying to shoulder the shipping cost. Usually places, I, uh, I've been pretty fortunate. The, the, the shipping cost uh, tends not to be so uh, unreasonable. It tends to be pretty okay uh, in terms of that. Uh, so I've, I've been pretty fortunate about that. I would say the one drawback uh, is uh, I do get a lot of, not a lot, but I do get maybe more than my fair share of damaged goods and so uh, for instance, like uh, uh, maybe I've already gotten used to it because it, it's almost commonplace now, but like uh, dented corners or maybe creases in, in spines or whatever for digit packs or something like that, 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 if that happens, I'm like, okay, as long as the disc's okay, I'm, I'm set to go. If the disc's right. cracked or something, that's a different matter entirely. But uh, that, that happens uh, more frequently uh, because of these international shipments. So if it, it, you either kind of have to, deal with that and just say okay it's i'm still okay with this it's not going to be the most pristine thing in the world but that's okay uh or uh try to uh, find other means of uh, more quote-unquote reliable uh uh, shippers at your disposal so that's one thing there are some uh uh maybe not thrift stores per se but there are some stores in tokyo that sell uh these used discs or export or they import titles and they sell them on kind of the used market uh way. I wanted to ask about yeah. that,
0: how the how the store, the video store is doing. Uh,
1: oh do yeah stop? There are there are some titles, but uh it's not so commonplace as it once was, say, a couple years ago. So uh but there are some special specialty stores in Tokyo that I go to uh for say criterion titles in the flesh or arrow titles uh, because region A what is it? It's the same region in the u.s as it is in japan the blu-ray i was gonna say that's
0: that's the beauty of it all is yeah we share the region coding
1: exactly so that means uh those u.s titles uh can sometimes you can see them in the flesh Uh, so that's always nice you don't get everything but you get a good selection there's one store in particular in shinjuku in tokyo that i I go uh oftentimes but the the problem is is it's quite expensive Uh, it's i find it cheaper to order them online you know order them say through amazon.com or something that's much cheaper for me than buying them at the store, but it's nice to see them in the flesh uh, and, and uh, and to see them, you know, in this display Um, uh, and uh, stores like that are still thriving. I hope it's, it's uh, one of the things I hope uh, will continue in terms of the, uh, the physical media market, but uh, I guess only time will tell.
0: I hope so. I, I mean, we, I have local stores by me. There's a chain of five or six stores in uh, New Hampshire, in Maine that are, I mean, it's video games, music, movies, books. It's, I mean, it's entirely physical media and they seem like they're thriving and they're expanding and growing. I mean, they have their niche, which is basically this region. Um, but there are others across the US and I know there's, you know, they're they're sort of, I, I think as the Best Buys and the Targets and the Walmarts and the places that everybody's come to just buy from, yeah, um, even, even Amazon, um, as they sort of, get away from this stuff there is an opportunity for the smaller shops to to steal that market share and and still do okay so Mm -hmm. we we, we've seen that a little bit here i I do hope they survive because it is nice to be able to walk in and browse a shelf and you know you can't you can't replicate that experience online i obviously buy plenty of stuff online and that is the way it goes these days but i do love finding a good thrift store or small mom and pop shop that, you know, still has a little video section that is always very fun. So I do hope they last too.
1: Well said, Um, well said, my friend. I
0: agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciate this. This was, this was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I think we had a really good conversation. So um, I just appreciate you coming on and I want to tell everybody, make sure you go check out uh, Dice Case channel go I'll, I'll link it it'll be in the video description if you're listening on the podcast it'll be in the the episode description but go check it out because he does have some great there's all kinds of videos on film and and not just criterion collection like you said but just diving into film and and the world of cinema that um you know i think you get much deeper into it than than i do in a lot of my videos It's why it's why i appreciate your channel very much
1: Thank you so much for those kind words and just let me say uh, uh, while I have the chance and the opportunity here is, uh, you know, I, I am a big fan of your channel and uh, so I, I get, uh, you know, news about latest releases and stuff from uh, your channel and the success and the popularity of your channel and your recent uh, uh, milestones of uh, number of subscribers is a big deal absolutely big deal. So I want to say that keep on doing what you're doing. You are a kind of premier representative in many respects of of uh, cinema-loving, physical media-loving film enthusiast to the max. And I just want to say uh, I, I am very, very appreciative of all the work that you do and uh, continue to do. It's so important. So thank you so much for for uh, continuing to uh, to keep the flame alive, to hold the flag up with with pride and with uh, with uh, a great uh, excitement and enthusiasm, because physical media it's, it's it's fun and it's just it's an extension of cinema, which itself is fun and enjoyable, and engaging. Uh, and it's uh, it, I, I've uh, as ex- uh, shown in terms of how much fun I had speaking with you today. I had so much fun. Thank you so much, my dear friend. This was a blast.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the the kind words and the comment. I mean, I just, we'll keep doing what we do. I want to keep propping this up and we'll keep, you know, waving the flag for physical media. And and Sorry. as long as it lasts, I'll, yeah. I'll try to be here because I love it too. It is, it's an extension of, of the art really. It's, you know, it's, it's that next step. It's that yeah. take home cinema. It's building your own collection. It's curating, it's learning, finding, exploring new, new movies. It's, it is. It's a lot of fun. So I definitely, I appreciate the kind words and we'll definitely keep going. We're not going anywhere soon. So, and I appreciate everybody like you is helping prop up the community as well and keep these things going.
1: Thank you very much, my friend. And likewise to you, uh, you're a very important voice. You said it much better than I could ever, ever uh, even uh, try to say it. You, uh, Well done. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I'll, uh, so I'll catch everybody on the other side here on the, the outro, but thank you to SK again for the interview. And, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have you back soon. Or You know, I'd be happy to come on your channel and do something as well. Definitely-
1: oh, that would be so cool. I'd love that. Yeah. Uh, uh we should pick like a horror film topic or something or, or two or three. I'd love it to pick Let's your brain about some. So I got to ask you, Uh, If you like this film, what would you choose? Oh, I'd love that. Oh, can I have that opportunity, please? That would be so cool.
0: Let's do it. I'm all about it. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully we talk again soon, and I'd be happy to do that. That would be a lot of fun. I love. All right, everyone. So that's our interview with Dice K. That was... A ton of fun for me, and hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. Like I mentioned in the interview, if you want to check out his channel, it is well worth watching, especially if you want to take some deep dives into certain films. He does great breakdowns on his channel and has some really interesting insights. So... Definitely check his channel out. It's Dice K. Beppu. I'll link it in the video description as well as the podcast episode description. But definitely go support him. He deserves many more subscribers and many more views than he's getting right now. And I'm hoping we can drive some more people to his channel because he has excellent, excellent content. And he just loves physical media as well. So he's someone you're definitely going to enjoy. I um, really enjoy my time with him though. I'll definitely be going on his channel at some point. So keep an eye out for that video. We'll definitely keep collabing um, because that was just a lot of fun. But Hope you guys have had a great holiday. This episode is actually, uh, it was recorded before Christmas, but I'm going to be releasing it after the Christmas break. So hopefully you all had a great holiday and had some great time with family and friends. And I know I did. And so, I, you know, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Here's to 2023 and a great year for physical media. And, uh, you know, I'll talk to you all soon. So thanks for listening and watching. And if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you rate it five stars. Follow along on Spotify, Apple, and subscribe on YouTube if that's uh, where you're watching things. So thank you all. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you soon.
1: Coming soon. Be sure to subscribe to the Films at Home podcast using your favorite app
0: so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review this podcast, which
1: helps us out tremendously. You can also help support us by watching our short-form content over on YouTube and TikTok by searching Films at Home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Films underscore at underscore home. The intro and outro were created by Elon Osborne. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.